Hello and welcome to a special episode of Fireside Stories, Road Trip Edition. My name is Mac and I'll be your host today. We had a special request for episode 41 for another story about our favorite squirrels. So grab a travel cup for your milk and bag up those cookies. Here we go. The Dead Sea Squirrels, Boy Meets Squirrels, by Mike Nauraki. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Matthew seven, twelve. But wait, before we start. Who were the Dead Sea Squirrels? Israel, A.D. 70. Merle and Pearl cruised down the Jordan River on the vacation of a lifetime. The squirrels end up at the Dead Sea where, Hey, you can't sink. I've always wanted to not sink. Couldn't you just warn your floaties in the lake back home? Soon the two salty squirrels are hot, thirsty, and desperate for shade. Then they spot a cave. Merle's sense of adventure lures him into the cave, despite Pearl's protests. If God wanted you to go into a cave, he would have made you a bat. 1,950 years later, 10-year-old Michael Gomez is spending the summer at the Dead Sea with his professor dad and his best friend Justin. While exploring a cave, without his dad's permission, Michael discovers two dried-out, salt-covered critters and stashes them in his backpack. Michael sneaks the squirrels back home with him to Tennessee. He sets them up like posable action figures on his dresser under an open window. While Michael is sleeping, a thunderstorm rolls in and it begins to rain, rehydrating the squirrels. Up and kicking again after almost 2,000 years, Merle and Pearl Squirrel have great stories and advice to share with the modern world. They are the Dead Sea Squirrels. Chapter 1 Ring! The bell sounded and so ended the first day of fifth grade. One down, 179 to go, Michael Gomez said as he closed his history textbook and packed it into his homeroom desk. Don't rush it, Michael's best friend Justin said, standing up from his desk and slinging on his backpack. We're fifth graders for a whole year, elementary school royalty. Enjoy it. Yeah. I guess you're right, Michael replied as they headed into the hallway. Next year, we'll be back down at the bottom of the pile again in middle school. Justin stopped an unsuspecting second grader in the hall. You there, young one, would you like some wise advice from an older and much, much wiser fifth grader? Ah, I gotta go. The kid hurried away. He's obviously intimidated by her greatness, Michael said. Have you seen Sadie today? 
I want to tell her about the squirrels. No, I, I haven't. You gotta come check them out. I set them up in cool poses on my dresser. They're like crusty action figures. Gross, Justin replied. He was not a fan of the two petrified squirrels Michael had brought home from their summer trip. Their friends had spent the whole summer in a tent near the Dead Sea in the Middle East with Michael's dad, who was a professor of ancient civilizations. On the last day of their trip, Michael nearly got lost forever when he disappeared into a cave all by himself to retrieve the disgusting little creatures. Gross is just the word that came to mind when I saw you coming. A voice called out as Michael and Justin exited the school to cut through the playground on their walk home. Edgar, by far the biggest kid at school, leaned against the jungle gym with two smaller fourth grade friends who seemed to think Edgar's comment was hilarious. Hey Edgar, Justin answered nervously. One of the reasons Edgar was the biggest kid in school was that he was most likely the oldest. No one had ever dared to ask him how old he was. But Michael and Justin were pretty sure he had to be at least 12. Even though he was only in fourth grade, everyone knew rule number one at Walnut Creek Elementary School was don't mess with Edgar. But now Michael was elementary school royalty. He stuck out his chest. Don't mess with us, Edgar. We're fifth graders. Terrified, Justin whispered to Michael, What'd you say? Not terrified in the least, Edgar stepped forward and yelled, What did you say? Chapter 2 At first glance, you might have thought two huge goofy-looking birds were flapping around in a giant cage. In fact, it was Michael and Justin suspended by their tidy whities inside the playground dome climber. Everyone at Walnut Creek Elementary knew that Edgar's favorite bully go-to was the wedgie. But he always made a point of finding creative ways to use it. Edgar, you are a wedgie artist, commented Pete, one of the smaller fourth graders. Let's get out of here, Edgar said to his two minions. Hope you don't mind if we don't hang out with you. He laughed. His buddies laughed even harder. <laughs> they belted out as they walked away proudly. Help! Justin shouted as he and Michael dangled helplessly above the wood chips. Get us out of here! Michael hung in midair, arms folded. We're fifth graders now, he fumed. This can't be happening. It obviously is, Justin replied. Edgar is bigger, even though he's a grade behind us. Yeah, but we're smarter, Michael shouted. Are we? Justin asked. Are we? If we don't make Edgar pay for this, it's going to ruin everything for fifth graders everywhere forever. What do you mean, make Edgar pay for this, Justin asked. Also, what do you mean... We. I mean revenge. Michael twisted around, trying to unhook himself from the climber. Remember when we built that water balloon launcher out of rubber tubes and a funnel? 
Imagine Edgar getting off the bus in the morning and wham, a water balloon right in the face. He's soaked all day. Justin shook his head. We get suspended or Edgar would kill us or both. There's got to be something we can do with bees, Michael pondered. The flying, stinging kind, Justin asked. Yes, bees. Michael tapped his fingers together like a supervillain. You're nuts. Justin turned his back on Michael and called out again, Help! Chapter 3 Oh, hey guys. How was your summer? Michael and Justin turned around to see their friend Sadie exiting the school. The three of them had been friends since kindergarten and were almost always together. Sadie was still a little hurt that she hadn't been invited to go with Michael and Justin on their summer adventure. So while she hadn't exactly been trying to avoid them all day, she hadn't been trying too hard to find them either. Aren't you going to ask us why we're hanging from the monkey bars by our underwear? Michael asked. That's clearly Edgar's work. Sadie tilted her head to the side. I've got to say, the kid's a wedgie artist. Yeah, well, we'll see what kind of artist he is when he finds his backpack filled with earthworms, Michael said. Huh? Sadie frowned. Oh, he's plotting revenge, Justin said. He turned to Michael. What happened to the bees? Oh, I, I remembered I'm afraid of bees. Revenge is never a good idea, Sadie said. Well, nice seeing you guys. What? Where are you going, Michael yelled. Aren't you going to help us? Sadie put her hands on her hips. Oh, so I'm good enough to help you, but not good enough to invite on your trip? I've explained it to you like a million times. I can only invite one friend, and I needed to share a tent. I wish you could have gone too. Michael said. Hearing this made Sadie feel a little better. Michael squirmed, help us down and we'll tell you all about it. Plus, I've got something super cool to show both you guys. All right. Sadie climbed to the top of the monkey bar dome and untied the two white elastic bows that held the boys in place. Oof, oh. Michael and Justin hit the wood chips in a cloud of splinters. Chapter 4 You went back into the cave by yourselves in the middle of the night? What's wrong with you? Sadie exclaimed as the friends headed towards Michael's house. All three lived close enough to school to walk on nice days, and this was a beautiful day. However, Michael and Justin had long since made the decision to walk to and from school, even on not-so-nice days, even on horrible days, when the rain blew sideways or giant icicles fell from the sky. Walking to school meant that you didn't have to take the bus, and not taking the bus meant steering clear of Edgar. I know, I know. It wasn't the best idea I've ever had, Michael admitted but wait till you see what I found. It's pretty disgusting, Justin said. Shh, don't say anything, Justin, Michael said. 
You both have to promise not to tell anyone what you're about to see. I know what I'm about to see, so threatening to not show me if I don't promise doesn't make any sense, Justin pointed out. Will you promise already? Michael demanded. Justin thought for a moment, then shrugged and said, All right, I promise. I'm not interested in seeing something disgusting, Sadie said. That's just Justin's opinion. You're going to think it's the coolest thing ever. The trio arrived at Michael's house. He paused before opening the door and looked at Sadie. So, do you promise? Okay, okay, I promise, Sadie replied. Michael pushed open the door and they went inside. Chapter 5 Michael stood in his doorway, shocked. Where did they go? He rushed over to his dresser, where he had last seen the squirrels. Maybe they fell on the floor? Or out the window? He frantically searched the area around the dresser and leaned out the window to check the ground below. Nothing. Mom, did you clean my room? He shouted at the top of his lungs. In some families, when you want to talk to a family member, you go to the room where they are. Other families have fancy intercon systems that broadcast your voice across the house at the touch of a button. The preferred method of long distance communication in the Gomez household was to yell loudly. No. Mrs. Gomez's muffled yell came through the wall. You lost them already? Justin asked. Lost what? said Sadie. Mr. Nemesis, Michael ran out of his room. Sadie looked confused. He lost his cat? No, not his cat, Justin replied, following Michael out. Would somebody please tell me what's going on? Sadie followed her friends out of the room. Michael, she shouted. I think he's lost something, said a small voice from inside the room next to Michael's. Sadie popped her head into the room. Jane, Michael's four-year-old sister, was sitting on her bed, tying a bonnet onto the head of Mr. Nemesis, the family cat. Oh, hi, Jane. Do you know what he's looking for? Sadie asked. Nope. Do you like Mr. Nemesis's hat? Jane said. Meow, said Mr. Nemesis in a very annoyed tone of cat voice. It's so cute, Sadie said. Well, it's definitely not the cat that's lost. She continued down the hall and into the living room. Michael, she called again. In the basement, she heard Michael yell through the floor. As Sadie headed towards the basement stairs, a quick movement caught her eye from the direction of the couch. She turned her head towards it, but saw nothing. What was that? She walked over to the couch and knelt down to look underneath. Suddenly, she noticed another quick motion to her right and heard the distant pitter-patter of little paws. She turned quickly to see the door to the laundry room move ever so slightly. Did something just run into the laundry room? Come down and help us look, Justin's voice said through the floor. 
Hold on a second. Sadie crept slowly towards the laundry room, her eyes fixed on the door opening. Cautiously, she cracked the door open just enough to fit her head through. For a moment, everything was perfectly still. Then she noticed the slightest bit of motion on a towel hanging out of the laundry hamper. She tiptoed towards the basket. Sometimes Mr. Nemesis likes to hide things, Sadie heard Michael say as he opened the door to the laundry room. Shh. Sadie put her finger over her lips. With the same finger, she then pointed towards the laundry hamper. Justin entered the laundry room. What are... Shh. Sadie shushed louder. There's something in the hamper, she whispered. Why are you whispering? Michael whispered as the three friends huddled around the laundry hamper. Sadie lifted the lid slowly. As light poured into the basket, the three friends peeked inside. Ha ha! Screamed two tiny voices from within the hamper. Ha Screamed Sadie, Michael, and Justin. Chapter 6 So you brought these cute little guys home with you from the Dead Sea? Sadie asked. The three had managed to smuggle the squirrels from the laundry room past Michael's mom, Jane and Mr. Nemesis. The squirrels, Merle and Pearl, sat on the bed looking disoriented and frightened as Michael, Justin, and Sadie stood huddled around them. Yeah, but they were dead, Justin said. These are definitely not dead squirrels, Sadie responded. Merle nodded slightly, but then he got a quick elbow jab and a shh look from Pearl. They were crusty, Michael said. I don't get it. I set them up like squirrel jerky action figures. He posed just like he had posed Merle. What do you mean, crusty? Sadie asked. Crusty? Like, crusty, Michael answered. They were stiff as boards, and their fur was covered in salt. He walked over to his dresser. I put them right here, all dead and stiff. And now this. I don't get it. They didn't move at all when you found them in the cave? Justin asked. At the word cave, Merle brightened as his memory of getting lost in the cave came back to him. He looked to Pearl, who nodded slightly at him. She remembered too. Nope, not an inch. Not in the cave, not in my backpack, not on the plane, Michael said. That's so weird, Sadie said. Yep, I never saw the move either. Justin frowned at the squirrels. Merle, who was not much for staying quiet, said, Maybe it was the rain. The three kids turned their heads slowly toward Merle, who shrugged. Ah! They screamed. Merle! Pearl Whisper yelled. I told you to keep quiet. Ah! The kids screamed again. Chapter 7 I have no idea where we are, but wherever it is, the people here sure do like to yell, 
Merle said to Pearl. He turned to the kids. What's wrong? Never heard a squirrel talk before? The kids slowly shook their heads in response. Merle, you're scaring the children. They've obviously never heard a squirrel talk, Pearl said. It's okay, she told the three friends. Don't be afraid. We don't bite. Well, we do bite, but not children. Mostly just nuts. And the occasional insect, added Merle. Not my favorite, but when nuts are scarce, what are you going to do? He shrugged. The kids stared at the squirrels, not believing their own ears. Um, Michael finally said, we've never heard a squirrel talk. Nope, Sadie and Justin confirmed. Now that the shock of meeting the kids was wearing off, Merle didn't feel shy at all. So, I've been thinking about this, he said. The last thing I remember is Pearl and me getting lost in the cave. I told you not to go in there, Pearl reminded him. I know, I know, and I should have listened to you, Paul, Moses, and God. But here we are, Merle said. By the way, thanks for rescuing us, he said to Michael. Any idea how long we are in there? Michael shook his head. From the looks of things, the world's a different place since we entered that cave. Pearl gazed around the room. I know, Merle exclaimed. It's wonderful. Who would imagine a bowl that never runs out of water, no matter how much you drink? Merle motioned towards Michael's bathroom. I was parched when I woke up. Couldn't get enough. Ew, Sadie whispered to Justin. I think he drank out of the toilet. And so fresh, Merle continued. Yeah, it's probably not that fresh, Justin said. We were all dried out and super salty. I'm thinking we could have kept for a good long time in that cave. Like they do with fish, Merle guessed. Fish are dead before that point, Pearl pointed out. Maybe squirrels can go on kicking. Merle stood up tall and stuck his chest out. Squirrels are survivors. So when we got wet from the rain blowing in last night, we started back up again. Whoa, Michael said. It was better than any explanation he could think of. And maybe the only plausible one. But how can you talk? Merle and Pearl looked at each other and shrugged. We've always been able to, Pearl said. To people? Sadie questioned. Among others. By the way, I'm Merle, and this is my lovely wife, Pearl. Pearl bowed with her paw over her heart. Pleased to meet you. Um, I'm Michael, and these are my friends, Justin and Sadie. Nice to meet you, Michael, Justin, and Sadie, Merle said cheerfully. Now, we're starving. Anybody got any nuts? Chapter 8 Knock, knock, knock. Somebody was at Michael's door. 
Michael looked from the squirrels to his friends in panic. Oh, what if it's mom? She would totally freak out, he thought. He grabbed a folded blanket from the foot of his bed and flung it over the squirrels. Hey, Merle complained. Shh, Michael hushed. Uh, who is it? He called out nervously. What are you guys doing? Asked Jane through the door. Michael relaxed slightly and cracked open the door to pop his head out. Nothing. Mr. Nemesis, still wearing the ridiculous baby bonnet Jane addressed him in, took the opportunity to slip into the room. No! Michael chased after the cat as it headed to his backpack on the floor. Mr. Nemesis was curious if the scent from the night before was still there. Sniff, sniff. There was just a hint of the scent on the bag. Mr. Nemesis looked around the room suspiciously as Michael scooped him up and brought him back to the doorway. Please keep your cat out of my room. Michael handed Mr. Nemesis to Jane and closed the door. The bonnet still looks great, Sadie called out as Jane closed the door. Thank you, Jane said cheerfully through the door. Meow. Mr. Nemesis said grumpily. Michael looked at his friends. You guys, we can't leave the squirrels here during the day. Jane only goes to preschool three days a week, and she'll be home on Monday. What else are you going to do with them? Justin asked. I share a room with my sister, Sadie said. I can't keep them. Do we have any say in the matter? Pearl called out from under the blanket. Oh, sorry. Michael took the blanket off the squirrels. Merle brushed blanket lint from his fur. Not a fan of confined, dark spaces after our latest adventure. Sorry, Merle, Michael said, but we can't let Jane or Mr. Nemesis or anyone know about you. Why not? asked Merle. Um... Michael thought about it. I don't know. I'm just sure it would mean trouble. What are we going to do then? Justin asked. Michael shrugged. All I know is that I can't leave them here while I'm gone. So where are they going to go when you're in class? Asked Sadie. Michael looked over at his backpack, then took a deep breath and said, I guess I'm taking them with me. Chapter 9 It's so green here. Look at all the trees, Pearl marveled, her head poking out of Michael's backpack as she and Merle rode along on Michael and Justin's walk to school. Sadie was riding the bus. Edgar never messed with her. Is it always this green? Not in the winter, Michael replied. Squirrel! Merle shouted pointed at a neighborhood squirrel perched on a branch of a walnut tree. Good morning, brother! The tree squirrel did not answer, but he seemed to understand Merle. He waved his paw as if to say hello, and swiped his tail at a large walnut sitting on the branch next to him. The walnut flew off the branch and into Merle's paw. Thank you, kind squirrel, Merle said. I think I could really grow to like this place, Pearl said as she and Merle dropped down into the backpack 
to enjoy the walnut. It's so pretty and everyone is so nice. Well, 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 if it isn't the Monkey Bar Brothers. A familiar voice called out from the street. Michael and Justin looked up to see the school bus approaching them with Edgar's head sticking out of one of the windows. Hope you guys had fun hanging out. Edgar's two minions stuck their heads out of the window next to him and they all laughed hysterically as the bus zipped by Michael and Justin and turned into the school parking lot. <laughs> Fourth graders rule. Not everyone is so nice, Michael said to Pearl. He turned to Justin. With keeping the squirrels hidden all weekend, I forgot about our plan. Just drop it, Michael, Justin said. You've got more important things to worry about, like making sure Mr. P doesn't find the squirrels. As principal of Walnut Creek Elementary School, Mr. P ran a tight ship, and he definitely didn't allow kids to bring their pets to school. Remember when Marlo brought her ferret? Oh yeah, Michael smiled, remembering how Abbott the ferret had hidden Mr. P's car keys. That was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, but Marlo got a month of detention. Don't worry, nobody's gonna find the squirrels. Right, guys? Michael called to Merle and Pearl, hidden snugly in his backpack. No, Merle said, his mouth stuffed with walnut. The boys arrived at school and headed to their classroom. We'll talk at lunch, Justin, Michael said. We've got payback to plan. <laughs>